course I had skills that other people could use. So once that seed had been planted, then it seemed very clear to me. I just needed to make that mental shift Mm -hmm. that I'm always telling my students about and just never made myself. Welcome. We are at another, another week another amazing teacher, educator, professor, academic who has started a business. Today we have Dr. Kate Denial. She has a PhD in history. And we, what I love about this discussion, what our interview is, she it really just started her business, like launched her website a week or two prior to this call. And so I bring up like her PhD in history, right? I don't say that typically for everyone. But what I love about this is it is right on the cusp of what she's becoming. And we trace that history. Like she had an idea. She saw she saw an academic speak at a conference who she will likely be on this podcast. She might be listening to this while she's getting ready for our, our interview. But she sees someone at an academic conference speak about running a business and how her PhD has helped her run her business. And that planted the seed. And then sure enough, she happened to know an entrepreneur who I know pretty well um, and has been around a while and is very successful. She happened to have her as a friend online. So then starts this path. And because her and Lacey know me, have me in common, Lacey introduces her. So I love following this web, especially early on in the academics mean business kind of, I don't even know, like the birth of it, right? It's very new. And so we're finding each other. And uh, so this interview really traces that. But we also talk a lot about how she's, we're like in her brain as she's creating these services, as she's starting her business. So it's a really beautiful conversation. And I especially want you to pay attention to just, just be, I hope you're inspired by how new this is for her, how how it is about chance, like these lucky and, you know, I don't even know the web of connection that we all have and it can seem like it's luck, but it's not. And I think that my podcast and really just starting to collect these people and connecting them with each other is really evidence that this is something that is growing. And so, I, you know, to me, this is a very important episode because I can remember the day that I found out like that I got to have a call with her and because of this Lacey connection, because of Lacey Boggs. And so anyways, there's just a lot of emotion tied to, to me interviewing her. And it really actually touches me in a certain way because it shows the impact that this podcast and us actually connecting with each other is having on our own lives. So please, please, please enjoy this episode and please send me a message or, you know, please show up in our Facebook group to talk about it because this is a, this is an important one. So thank you, Dr. Kate Denial for coming on and everyone else, please enjoy our interview. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Academics Mean Business. Today, I have Dr. Kate Denial with us. And she just went through an amazing new website that she launched, um, which I can't wait to get a little bit of a catch up. I think we talked... Hmm. When was it? Like December, December ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was a little bit of a gap, um, and in business, things move quickly. So before I knew it, she had launched a new website and it looks fantastic. Um, and I'm just excited to have her on. She was actually a mutual connection of, uh, someone I'm in a Facebook group with who's been working with Kate, um, on, some coaching and on the business aspect of things. And so I remember Lacey reached out to me and she was like, you have to talk to Kate. And I was like, Oh my (laughs) God, this is awesome. And I remember that phone call. I was in Nashville and I was like, yes, you are like me and we can be friends. (laughs) I love it. So welcome Kate. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Yay. Um, So I would just love to have you share with our audience a little bit about Uh, your academic background, what you studied. Um, I know you're currently at an institution, what you're teaching. Kind of give us some of that that CV, if you will, um, of of your academic life. That would be awesome. Okay. So I'm from England originally, but people would be forgiven for not hearing my accent because even when I was in England, I learned I had to change my very broad Yorkshire accent in order to be understood by other people. Mm -hmm. So in um, my undergraduate institution, 
uh, had a fellowship available for someone to go to the United States and get a master's degree in history at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And I applied and got that fellowship. And I didn't really know what else I wanted to do with my life at the Mm. time. So I thought, this is great. I will go abroad for a couple of years. I will get some new experiences under my belt. I will broaden my horizons. And then what happened was I got into a classroom. I was a teaching assistant the entire time that I was at Milwaukee, and I loved teaching so much, mm-hmm. um, especially teaching college students. Mm-hmm. So I decided I have to stick with this, and that was why I applied to PhD programs. Um, it wasn't about the research for me originally. It, it was about the teaching, and the research part of things came later for me. Um, So I went to the University of Iowa to study with Linda Kerber in the history department there. And I took a long time to get my PhD, um, mostly because it was just harder than I thought it was going to be. Emotionally harder, more than it was going to be, you know, uh, intellectually difficult. Um, so I was there for nine years. I got my PhD in American history and then I left, uh, to come to the institution where I am right now. Uh, I've been teaching there for 13 years. It's a small liberal arts school. It's a really great institution. It's very student focused. Mm. Um, and I get to teach the biggest class I have to teach is 25 students. Um, so it's really great for being able to have one-on-one contact with my students a lot of the time. That's awesome. So I'd love to hear a little bit about like, just because I know, I think we really connected around pedagogy and teaching when you and I talk. So, um, take us into your classroom. Tell us what it's like to be, to be in your course and kind of the things that really light you up about, about teaching. Well, um, my classrooms are very focused on active learning. So Mm -hmm. I am not a sage on a stage. I'm not (laughs) someone who lectures. I am someone who really wants my students to get their hands dirty and become historians. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to work with a program in Iowa where we taught teachers how to teach students as young as kindergarten, how to be, how to be working historians. Oh, I love that. Um, And so we, taught them how to analyze primary sources and how to analyze secondary sources and how to use mapping and timelines and then bring it all together. And so I do the same thing with my college students just at a higher level. Um, So we have a lot of fun with all of those things. Um, I also, one of the most important things to me about my classroom is that it be kind Mm. Um, my pedagogy really is defined by kindness. Mm. And I have to give a lot of credit to the Digital Pedagogy Institute Love at Mary that. Washington mm-hmm. University. Uh, I went there last summer and I went thinking I would learn lots of digital tools, which I did. But what I also learned was just be kind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that I was a super kind and in-tune teacher, and I think I was to some degree, but what Digital Pedagogy Institute taught me was to make it explicit, to make it the focus of how I taught. I love that. And so I have a syllabus that's really focused on the whole student, so uh, everything from do they have a place to sleep that's safe, Mm. are they getting enough food, all the way through to, you know, how do you participate in class if you're someone who has social anxiety? How do you participate if you're just crushingly shy? Mm. Um, and lots of steps along the way that really emphasize that I'm interested in them as whole people. Um, so a lot of things that are to do with making sure I present content warnings for them so they can make choices about how they participate in class. Um, lots of things where I try to, to a, my teaching at lots of different um, skill sets. So sometimes it's hands-on and they're drawing things and they're illustrating. And sometimes it is about timelines and uh, thinking in terms of time and space. Sometimes it's writing. It's just, you know, sitting down for a few minutes and really getting your ideas out on a piece of paper. Sometimes it's being in small groups and having lots of time to talk to other people about the things that matter to you. Mm. Um, So mixing those things up and making sure that my classroom is always a place where people can innovate 
and do new things uh, with things that might be familiar to them. Their American history is something they've learned since they were in fifth grade. Um, But giving them a new perspective on that is really rewarding. Mm. Some of my favorite classes were history classes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like um, that's actually what I, uh, I I grew up wanting to be a teacher, but I thought it was going to be in high school. Yeah. Um, and so I did a social science uh, bachelor's and then did the whole single subject teaching credential thing. And it was around history. Yeah. 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 I had some great college professors and I think so much of what history can do and, and similarly sociology too in like a different way. Yeah. But it's that, it's that whole perspective shift and like, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes and like, I mean, there's so many parts of, of the history classroom that I, I just totally love. So yeah. I, I love that you're sharing this. I, so I, um, what I also think is interesting too, another kind of cool connection that we had was this digital uh, pedagogy connection. Um, you heard Adeline Coe, and I'm not yes. really sure I'm pronouncing her name right. She's going to be on this podcast. I actually haven't co- like officially invited her, but she's coming. Uh, <laughs> and you heard her speak. I did. Uh, so I'm curious, because I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, and I may be jumping the gun a bit, but I'm curious... Um, when you started, so you obviously love teaching, you care about your students. Like, you know, this is a common theme of almost everyone I've interviewed. It's like, we were were doing this because we love being in the classroom, sharing our subject knowledge and like being there for our students. But there was something else, uh, that just kind of drifted into our life. And so I'm, I'm curious when entrepreneurship came up for you or like when starting a business or a side income came up and then then maybe you can tap into like where Adeline kind of comes into that too as well. Sure. Well, I saw Adeline last summer and that was before I had started to think of being an entrepreneur somehow. He planted one of the seeds. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so her line, which is called sabbatical beauty, I think, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, she sort of came and talked about how she used many of the skills that she had as a professor in launching her lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it fascinating and just really inspiring to see somebody using these things that I use every day, but using them in a completely different way. Yep. Um, yep. And so that really intrigued me. And then I needed some financial flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I was sort of thinking about what can I do? And my friend Lacey, who you already mentioned, said to me, like, why don't you take the pedagogy that you already do so well and use it in a different way? And that really um, made a lot of sense to me because um, one of the things that I really believe strongly in, for example, is that we don't teach our graduate students how to teach very well. And yet graduate students do so much of the educating Mm. in big state universities. And so I've already done some work with my alma mater about that and trying to go back and help them with their graduate education. But I wanted to have a larger reach and be able to reach people who... Uh, maybe didn't have that sort of connection and yet we're sort of thinking, I want to be better at this. Mm. I just don't know how to go about it. Um, And in talking with Lacey, we were also talking a lot about um, entrepreneurs and the fact that a lot of people are offering courses and and they are experts at what they're offering, but they're not experts in pedagogy Mm -hmm. and they don't quite know how to engage their um, clients to really make sure that their educational experience is the best that it can be. So it struck me that I had suddenly, I didn't realize this before, I had all of these skills that were incredibly marketable and useful in a way that I had not considered before. And so um, that was really when I got the idea, like, let's start a business Mm. Let's let's go out and make these services available to other people on a variety of different uh, ways uh, and see what comes of that. I love it. Was Lacey a contact? Was she a contact for you, like not in the business world or? Yes. Oh, okay. Lacey and I have known each other for about, oh gosh, over 10 years, I would say. Where did you guys meet then? Uh, we met online uh-huh. um, and we were talking about books that we loved. Oh, cool. um, and so it just 
sort of flowered from there. We have similar tastes in the kind of things we love to read. And um, we got very close. And then eventually I went on a conference to um, Colorado College and she drove down from where she, she lives and we met and we just had the best time together. And so, yeah. yeah, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. I love Lacey's work and she's also related into the like kind of content piece of, of yeah. this like entrepreneur space. So, okay. So I wanted to piece together how that came into play. So then you kind of had, so this is cool. So we have Adeline at a conference and I think you and I talked about this, um, yeah. that call we had in December, but it was this idea of how refreshing it was to see somebody in a space that you thought was going to be all about being in academia and teaching yeah. and to teach and all that. And then here comes this person who owns a business. And so, you know, I can't wait to interview her, but she comes into my life. She played a really important part in my life as well as, as being that model of somebody who has, I don't know if it's like blazed the trail or just like made me realize that there are other things outside of academia. Um, and I'll Absolutely. get into that like with her, but like, yeah, she plays a role in that for me as well. And, um, I think you mentioned some backlash that she got at the conference. If you want to kind of share a little bit about that, um, that would be really Well, there were some, yeah, there were some people at the conference who really didn't see the connection between what we were doing and what, um, what she was talking about. Yeah. Um, so there were some people who sort of asked a couple questions that were sort of like, aren't you, um, well, people who sort of thought of it as if she was a failed academic, Ooh. right? Oh, shit. And, um, That's big. <laughs> and we're sort of, and, and despite the incredible setup that the, the conference organizers provided, really sort of thought of it as, why is this person who's not in academia anymore talking to me about academia? Mm. Um, but I didn't see it that way. I thought that it was this incredible moment where there was just this great synergy um, around all the things she was talking about, which was so clearly rooted in an academic life, yes. but were so useful beyond it. Mm. And so I just found the whole thing really inspirational. Yeah, I, I, I'm, and I'm going to potentially like talk to her about that in a little bit more detail when she comes on. But I, what I see around this too is, I mean, there, she's also a woman of color in academia. Yes. Like there's, and we could talk about how that dynamic possibly played out in, in, in those kind of scenarios, as we know, um, being in those situations that, that, that comes out. Um, yeah. but I, um, I love that because the digital pedagogy guys, the people who, um, were behind that as a publication and, and the, the uh, website and, and what I used to follow them too. I loved their work because I was teaching online and I just loved the things they made me think about. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my dissertation, my dissertation was on emotions and teaching and like, yeah. you know, it was like general topic, but like, and so a lot of what they taught, um, or were, were challenging as this digital kind of critical pedagogy online. And so, so I just was, and so I could see, um, you know, looking back and hearing this about them and knowing their work because they were something I was interested in when I was teaching and being like, oh, I know exactly why they were doing that. Like they're all about yes. challenging the, the limits and the boundaries, the boundaries that are, you know, learning management systems give us that our institutions. Yeah. Give us. And so they're all about that. So um, I, I think that that's so interesting. And I remember when we first talked about this, I was like, oh, wow, that is such a like interesting intersection to like now yeah. see us here. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so part of yeah. me is like, whoa, mind blown. You were also, I think, one of the first people um, I talked to that uh, I didn't already know as part of my kind of going into this podcasting space. A lot of yeah. my first... Um, interviews were people that I knew like around me in entrepreneurship. And it was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a degree. I have a degree. Like I taught for a while and you were my first like Lacey reaching out and being like, you need to know this girl. You were the first like combo I actually had. And I remember getting off the call and running downstairs and telling my husband and be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> such cool people like in this space. That, like I get to now talk to as a result of this work. So, um, well, anyway. and I remember yeah. talking to you and just mm. feeling like, Oh my gosh, somebody gets it. Somebody, somebody gets what I'm thinking and right? what I'm doing and where I'm situated and the things that I love and Aww. how I want to like expand, expand them. Expand it. You know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Mm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the first steps you took. I think it's really important to kind of say, okay, cool. You had this like moment of realization or multiple moments that have been like stacking up, but what, what are, were some of your first moves to really go, okay, like this is happening and I want to do this. Where did you go? What did you decide to do? Um, the first thing that I did was I started to build a website and mm. either ironically or perfectly, depending <laughs> on how you think of it, I learned that skill at the Digital Pedagogy Institute. Oh, um, so, cause they have a whole thing about having a domain of your own and controlling of your course. message and diffusing yes. the places that hold academia so that it's not oh, just big God. education conglomerates, <laughs> right? I love it. So, um, so they sort of set us up to be able to do that work. And so I already had a sort of professional academic uh, website. Mm. And what I wanted to do was make a website that was really for my coaching, and to reach out to people in a different way. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time sort of thinking about what that was going to look like and how did I want to build it. And it's still in progress. There's mm -hmm. like new things that I'm thinking of all the time where I'm like, oh, and now I need to add X. Um, but I got the basics of that done over my break and then nice. um, launched it in early March. And I think the thing, the next step for me was telling my networks yeah. and being able to reach out to people and say, hey, I'm doing this thing now um, that I see as an extension of what I do at my institution. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of support from people, which was really great. That. A lot of people retweeting things and posting stuff on Facebook and just reaching out to places that they had connections. Mm. Um, so those have been the, the two main things I've done. I've also started working with Lacey more specifically on my marketing now. Awesome. Um, yes. I'm really thinking about who do I want to capture? Yep. Um, how do I go about doing that? I'm a total newbie at those things. So sure. yeah. it's, it's like the perfect reflection of, I think, what some of my clients will be going through, whether mm -hmm. like I know the subject matter, but I don't know how to teach it. Yeah. And my thing is, I know how to teach it. Now I got to learn the business practice. Yeah. How do I bring in clients and exactly. and all that stuff? Yep. 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 So I'm actually loving it because I love to learn. Yeah. Oh my God. So that. it is really yeah. fun because it, we're like in new territory, right? So it's like a new thing to yeah. cover or like a new subject. Oh, I love that you said it like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. So, I mean, I love that my brain is stretching, that I'm doing things that I have done before. Um, so I really need to sit right now and sort of make a plan for the next six months. That's very clear to me. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of be like, here are my benchmarks and here's how I'm going to achieve those things or put in place the stuff that I think I need to achieve those things. Um, and I'm super excited about it. It's really just so fulfilling mm. in a different way yeah. to the teaching in the classroom is fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to backtrack for like a second and ask you, sure. how did you know you wanted to get into coaching? So like you kind of jumped ahead and you, I asked like, what were your first steps? So you made a website, but you did have to decide what you were potentially going to sell. Yeah. Um, and it kind of came up, like you said, I was taking an extension of what I was already doing. And I could yeah. see Lacey being a very good conduit for like reflecting that back to you. Um, yeah. But maybe for somebody who doesn't have that person in their life or they don't have that model, and hopefully the show is that model for some people. But yeah. like, what, what, did, what, what did you go through to decide like, oh, I could help people with pedagogy and like courses and oh, this is what my package could look like. Because those are some kind of hard things to, to do. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, the first thing was just to get the seed planted in my head that the skills that I had were transferable. Oh, that's huge. And we talk about that a lot with our mm -hmm. students and mm -hmm. sort of say, Hey, the things you're learning in here when you're studying history are transferable skills that will help you in lots of different realms. Yep. Oh, that's a but great I, connection. I haven't had yeah. anyone make that connection that we do that for our students with our discipline and our subject matter. That's a great. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And yet I had not made that leap mentally myself to say <laughs> the Love things it. that I learned and the things that I do are transferable to all kinds of different environments. And so really when Lacey said to me, there's this need out there for somebody who can really sort of take pedagogical principles and translate them into things that people can use. It was like this giant light bulb went yep. off yep. because I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, I'm really good life. at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
totally. I love um, it. And it was just like mind blowing to me mm-hmm. at first that like mm-hmm. these are skills that other people don't have mm-hmm. and really could use. Yep. Um, so I think it was that conversation with Lacey more than anything that really sort of tripped that switch. And then I just got to marvel for a few days about how um, amazing this was. And like, of course I had skills that other people could use. Um, yeah. So once that seed had been planted, then it seemed very clear to me. Um, yeah. I just needed to make that mental shift mm-hmm. that I'm always telling my students about and just had never made myself. Mm, that is so powerful. Like I, I, no one has said that yet, like on the show. <laughs> and I'm even <laughs> thinking about it because I ask every academic on here, what are the skills that you find are helping you in your business? And the idea that someone actively, you know, I, we used to have to market I think it depends on our discipline. Let's say that. I mean, yeah. I think some of the social sciences, it's kind of like, you know, I think sociology does a bad job of like explaining to a student why sociology is a powerful subject and what that like paradigm of thinking yeah. can do in the world. Um, and then, you know, it's really easy to market something like whatever, like there's lots of subjects, I guess, or disciplines that it, it is, it is marketable and specifically in STEM, right? And especially some of the attack on liberal arts education in general. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I'm just like all of a sudden being like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like that's <laughs> a problem that even like our disciplines have a little bit, like how do we, um, you know, explain to students that this stuff that they're doing in these classrooms, like, yeah, we're learning and we're, you know, uh, reviewing historical documents and it's about all these dead people. And it's like, but like, it totally relates to now and we get it, but then we yeah. can't even apply it outside of academia or it's struggled. Not that we can't, it's just, there's some unlearning that has to happen. I agree. Yeah. And I think unlearning is a great way to put it because yep. I tell my students very often that they're going to have to unlearn so many things yep. before they can learn the new ones Yep. because there is a dominant narrative about what American yes. history is. Yes. And so they have to unlearn a lot of those tropes to be able to make room for the reality of what really happened. Mm. Um, so that's, that's something that really like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. So I had a, I have a question too. I wrote down, you said, yeah, there were a bunch of things I haven't done before. Like I was a new, a newbie in business, I guess, so to speak. What, what was it like, you know, what was that voice inside your head that came, comes up all the time in, in, in academia, I think with like dissertation writing and, and all that stuff. But yeah, where, where did doubt show up um, around you being able to actually do this, like start a business and be teaching and all the other things that you are responsible for? I think that it was, um, I never actually doubted that I could do it. Um, But I did think to myself, um, I am a newbie, right? Mm -hmm. I'm used to being the expert. And um, so that was a real change for me to be able to go, it's okay to start over and to learn something from scratch. And actually what has been interesting is at the same time as I have been doing this, um, you know, expanding and thinking about a business, I've been learning Ojibwe, which is uh, a native language uh, here in the Americas around the Great Lakes region. Hmm. And so to be doing that at the same time Hmm. was like, I have to go back to basics. I have Mm -hmm. to start to learn my colors and my months and my days and all of those kinds of things. And so it's been this wonderful parallel experience of going back to being a student, Mm -hmm. of learning things from the ground up, and there being no shame in that, that it's Mm -hmm. actually really exciting to go Mm -hmm. and do these absolutely new things. Mm -hmm. So I think it was less doubt for me and it was much more just permission that I needed Mm -hmm. to give myself. Mm -hmm. That's in, I feel like I had a very similar experience. Um, and I saw it as growth. I think yeah. what it, it kept coming. It's like, you're not done. Cause like, yeah. and, and I think for me, um, you know, I was young in my teaching career, I would say relatively speaking. And, um, you know, I didn't have tenure yet and I was a, a literally a year away and, um, it was kind of one of those things. It's like, well, this actually has to happen now. And a lot yeah. of my colleagues reflected that back to me too. It's like, oh my gosh, go. Like you have nothing to lose. Like, yeah. 
And so I, you know, part of me is just like, yeah, what else is out there? And yeah, instead of feeling doubt, like it wasn't possible, it was more like I, for me and like where I was, it was more about, yeah, what would people think, you know, typical, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, some of the stuff tied to that, but but either way, like I definitely, I definitely saw it as growth. And like when I realized, um, you know, what, yeah, similarly, like m- that my skills were needed. It wasn't like, it was, it was like, oh, duh. Like this right. is, this is like, yeah. like, of course they need this. And so it wasn't like, could I sell it? It was more like, um, just, uh, it's, it's more about learning this whole new world and being yes. like, am I ready for that? And that is definitely, um, you know, an, an interesting, an, in, an interesting thing to experience after being in academia that has such a clear path where entrepreneurship, yeah. it almost feels like it's so infinitely open. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do think though that, um, I, there have been some parallels that have really made me laugh because mm-hmm. once I realized sure. that parallels, they're so obvious, but you know, um, when I realized like I need a six month plan, I need to sit down and have structure for myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do this all the time. This is a syllabus. Yep. I have to structure this next, you know, three, four months for my students and say yep. to them, this is your learning goal. This and this is, is how we're going to get there. <laughs> and this is how we're going to assess how we're doing the whole time. And so then when I realized that like, it's essentially the same thing, mm-hmm. then I was just amused by the yep. fact that I couldn't see it before that moment, you know? I had that exact same moment. And in so many other ways too, I just was having a conversation with, I don't know if you're familiar with the learning software called Thinkific. A lot of marketers use it. Okay. So that's a funny parallel too, right? Is seeing that there's these online education pro like, you know, platforms. And so Blackboard has been around for like, what, 20 years or something like that and Moodle. And then, then Canvas comes on the scene and they're all wonderful and amazing. And I, and, and so I go into this entrepreneur space and I'm like, oh, they also have learning management systems and you have to pay for them. And like, and then, but people can pay you through them. And then I look at like what they did and I was like, they don't even, they don't even do anything. Like these aren't even like (laughs) useful. (laughs) Like you can't make a wiki or like you can't um, divide the students into groups and put them, you know, and I was just like, what is this? Um, But I laughed because then when I started talking about some of the things that were from education that I used to hate, like learning outcomes or SLOs or whatever. And I'm like, and then the entrepreneur is like, whoa, I never thought about it like that. That's like, so yeah. I was like, oh, you guys have no idea. <laughs> but I was sitting down with the Thinkific guys and they're, they're actually, um, you know, and this is uh, more evidence to where you're headed and, and the work that I'm doing as well. They're actually starting to realize that this course market is maturing. It's not just like sell it and then, you know, forget about it type of thing. Right. Uh, courses now have to be really good uh, to stand out, not any. Yeah sells anymore. Um, and so what that means is there are people looking for people that know how to teach in pedagogy, but they basically were like, we don't know what we're doing and we're marketers, right. but we know that this is important. Like, of course we want students to finish. Like we're a yeah. learning platform. Why are we focused on how much money we make these course creators? And it's a byproduct. And I think that that's awesome. But um, yeah. I just laughed out loud. They're, they literally use the language like student success. He's like, yeah, we're going to focus on student success. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think that's what's so funny is it's, it's, um, it's we're parallel, we're flipped, we're like yin and yang like kind of thing. It's like business has always been creeping into academia and like yeah. academia is, you know, now in some ways creeping into business. And so like, you know, I, and there's reasons for them to be very separate, but, um, but I think there's, it's just so interesting to see the parallels and see, uh, what, you know, the business world can learn from the, that institution and vice versa. So I love right. that you brought that up. Yeah. And I think that it's also, um, heartening to see people, interacting with the business part of it on their own terms. Yes. I think a lot of what has happened is that you have these big education conglomerates who have sort of come in and tried to impose upon the academic system some sort of order that makes sense to them. And it makes a lot more sense for me the other way around to be able to say like, 
let's take control of how we are educating people. Let's take control over personal pedagogy and that individualism and really make a case for the fact that you can be yourself as an educator mm-hmm. instead of part of something that's you know, really enormous. Um, yes. I think that's really great. Very cool. So, so yeah, so you're kind of touching on some of that, that stuff around like, so there's parallels. What other like skills are you seeing as being pretty useful in, in starting this business within the last few months? Um, communication, Mm. um, being able to, you know, one of my skills is being able to say to my students, very clearly this is why we're doing what we're doing this is how I'm assessing it why I'm assessing it in this way here's what you're going to get out of it um and I think that when I can't say those things to them that's a sure sign that I haven't been able to actually say them to myself yep and sort of I'm filling in gaps instead of actually doing something with a purpose so I think that communication part of things is really, really helpful. And then just in thinking about how do I talk on my website about what I do, um, mm. that has been sort of the first step in that and sort of saying, you know, like, how do I explain what I can offer in a way that's perhaps different from the way that a content expert would talk about what yep. they're doing? Yep. Yep. Um, so the communication thing has been really huge and that's been... Um, really gratifying to sort of realize like, oh, all that time I've spent writing in my life is actually paying (laughs) off, you know? Right. Um, That's good. So yeah, communication, I would say is one of the biggest things where I'm seeing the transferable skills. Um, Organization, just, you Mm. know, when you're teaching and you're juggling so many classes and you're also trying to do your own research and you're trying to keep up with the administrative stuff that you're doing at your institution, um, just having a good sense of how to juggle all those things, to have a really tight calendar, to be able to prioritize, um, all of those things I think are really important. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And yeah, I, I heard that when you were drawing those first initial parallels for us, the making the syllabus and the goal planning. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, to get through a PhD, like you, there, there's no other way that you, you, can, you right. can do that, right? Like we've tackled these, you know, giant pieces of research, these research projects basically. And so, yeah, I mean, entrepreneurship is the ability to break down some sort of goal or, you know, um, progress that you want to make in your business into these kind of manageable chunks, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is definitely a skill as well. Um, I'm curious to hear about any sort of kind of uh, things that you're struggling with in, in this space, maybe like a little bit about some of the, the hard stuff about running a business, some of the obstacles that you've been facing kind of along sure. this journey. I think the hardest thing is um, finding clients right now. Yes. Um, yes. It's just sort of like, where is that? Um, where's the, the, where are the people that I specifically need to reach out to? Well, I know who have this need and that's a really broadly demonstrated need sure. in, um, in my academic world and beyond it. Um, how do I reach them? Uh, and so I've had some wonderful advice from people mm. who've been so generous in giving their time and sort of looking at my website and saying, here's some other things I think you should be doing. Um, Lacey again has been super helpful with all of that stuff. Um, but that's the place where I can see how this is going to be a rolling stone, right? Yeah. That yep. you get it going and then it's just going to just run away from you and, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way, not in a, Oh my gosh, I lost control way, but just in a sense of like, there's the momentum that I was looking yeah. for. Right. Yeah. And so I think that initial few steps where you're trying to find that client base, that's been the most challenging thing for me so far. Yeah. And I, I agree. And it, and it's not necessarily a challenge that goes away. And I, it, especially from, uh, just as someone who's been doing this now for a year and a half or so, it's, you know, initially, and I think in, in kind of the space that we're in, especially with helping people with courses and kind of um, taking that skill set and applying it to entrepreneur space, um, you know, it's something almost everybody needs and we know yeah. that. Um, but then is it something that they feel like is on fire in their business that they're willing to pay for? And yeah. so that's where that like, it's, you know, working with Lacey, I mean, she's, you know, one of the best at doing uh, some of the work that she does around like speaking the client's language and the, and the um, you know, all of that, like what's going on in their head and what are they thinking? And I think yeah. some of those initial 
initial first runs of getting that on paper is big. I've found too, like, um, that really like is if you look at business, like you look at, um, lots of other stuff I guess I've done in my life, but, but surely academia too, but it, it is about relationships, right? Yeah. It is about, it is about, um, really seeing people. And I think like you've already mentioned in your teaching, that pedagogy of kindness and, um, of helping. And, um, I think, I think just, you know, those initial kind of stages in business is about like, who's around you that you could help? And yes. uh, what does that look like? And then it does start to snowball because what happens is, is you do, a, you do great work for somebody and then they can now recommend you. And it's kind of yeah. this referral process that happens that happened for me at least. And it was built on these personal connections that I've created. Um, and I'm now in the place where I'm like, okay, how can I make some of it a little more sustainable? Right. Yeah. How can I make it a little bit more stable? Um, so I know what's coming in versus these like big months that just happen to send a lot of people my way. And some of the months that are a little bit slower. Sure. And so I just want to reflect that back, you know, kind of out loud because, you know, as, you know, as I'm bringing on all these different academics who have businesses, um, you know, these are kind of some of the things that are going to happen. And what's cool about it is you can start, I think it's, you know, academics are in such a great position to start a business. Like you mentioned, oh yeah, I kind of did most of it over break and you have summer coming up in like two months. Yeah. Right? So like, you're going to be able to put in, um, you know, a lot of effort towards something in your business. And that is what's cool and still have the stability of a salary and, you know, that healthcare and all that other stuff we all love. That's so important. Yeah. And, yeah. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. And yes, and I, I would say, you know, getting, once you have a, a service or a product that's validated and you can say, okay, I'm like kind of consistently getting people, okay, how do I make it more consistent or what can I leverage in my business and the work that I do that doesn't involve some of this like one-on-one -on -one work. I mean, these are yeah. lots of the kind of first decisions you make as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Are you, I, you know, some of the thing I, I like to talk about too is, is kind of where you're going for help around that stuff. So you have, it sounds like you have a lot of people around you that have been offering their services and stuff like that. Is there, has there been any other guidance that you're receiving that is really doing it for you to help you? Um, I connected with somebody through Academics Mean Business. Oh, nice. Um, uh, Barbie Hanukkah who, oh, yeah. um, was super helpful in looking at my website and giving me her perspective on what should be changed and what was already working. Awesome. Um, just so generous. Um, so that has been really, really helpful for me, especially in terms of seeing like, where do I need to invest? Mm, um, yes, and that investment might not just be yep. money. It might be time, but, yep. um, either one, where do I need to make my investments in a really smart way? Mm. Um, and so Barbie was really, really helpful with that. Um, I, yeah, I, I love the yeah. academics mean business, uh, Facebook group. I love that there's this whole group of us that are yeah. sort of tangling with some of the same issues. That's mm -hmm. been so great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that's, that's mainly where I've been getting the feedback so far. Cool. Um, and then I've gotten some sort of informal feedback from friends, from colleagues yeah. yep. who taken yep. a look and sort of said, yes, this seems like a really great idea. And here's what else I would like to see. Here's what else I want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, I love that you bring up the community because it, you know, it's new and <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of a, an early beginning to it. But I, what I noticed too, is there's something about having a similar background as somebody that we really feel like we get each other, right? Yeah. Like we know what we expect around certain things, I guess. And like, I know Barbie has a background similar, right? She did stuff. I'm interviewing her next week, I believe, or soon. Yeah. Um, but she does stuff around pedagogy as well and kind of uh, flipping the classroom. And she's been doing consulting for a while now. Um, yeah. So I think um, it's cool because now we can connect with people that speak a similar language and then may also be a couple steps ahead of us in this other thing like business that, that we can get help from. And yeah, I've had a couple people hire each other now in academic screen business as well. That's um, great. Exactly. And so I think, um, you know, and not every academic loves teaching or even like, thinks that's about true. Pedagogy. Yeah. So like, I think that's an important thing to point out too. Like there's, um, 
Like not, not everybody has necessarily the skill set of teaching just because they're an academic. Yeah. Well, and which you brought up with the work around grad school. I think that is such important work too. At my institution, I went to uh, at San Diego State, we had a program um, and we had a course because one of the professors thought it was important and it was called teaching sociology. And that's where yeah. I learned that like I could be in a community college. I had never even thought of it. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, like there's a lot of la- there's a lack of support in teaching in academia for sure. Yes, and I I also think one of the things that really I really like about the academics mean business community is just look at all these other people yeah, who are doing this <laughs> who are doing this yeah. yeah and so just just sort of it's it's like anything when you find mm. your people you're suddenly like oh I'm not you know, off the wall to Mm -hmm. think about doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Here's this entire group of people who are working towards similar goals. And it's just very Mm. affirming to have that. Oh, I love that. Yes. And I got, you got to like Kelly would be like some of the past interviews I've had, I'm like trying to connect people. I feel like yeah. Kelly would be a really great, um, you know, connection for you as well. Cool. Um, she's amazing. I think she just actually Facebook messaged me before this call. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up. And I think that that's important in this space. I, and that's why I created this as well is to real, I was realizing that there was, uh, I've been to a couple places, like um, a couple conferences when I more started to, to now say I'm a podcast host of this thing. And uh, I had multiple people come up to me and be like, you know, we've kind of been in hiding in these business spaces and not really talking about our academic background. Uh, sometimes it's directly related and sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's like, yeah, I have this PhD in history, but I, you know, help clients do this or I help right. people do that. And it's like, and they're like, and I just start, and it was almost like you, you now are connecting this dots, these dots of why this background or this like, um, you know, life experience, I guess is a really an interesting way of putting it that, that now is intersecting with this other part of my life. And, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, I would love to talk. And so I, I have had these amazing conferences, like uh, conversations at conferences uh, where people are like, oh my God, I taught this. And, and so we started talking pedagogy and it's just like, sometimes you find people in this space yeah. that can, you know, riff about digital pedagogy. Right. And like, yeah. um, and that just feels like home in some yeah. way. And like, and I've said this before on the podcast, I think for the last year in business, I've been like almost like a full blown entrepreneur. And I, yeah. I like, I didn't hide the academic. Like a lot of people knew my background. I definitely talked about being a professor because it was related so much to like my work. Yeah. But um, it was, you know, it's, it's a disservice to like the whole part of me. Like, and yeah. I was starting to miss some of those kind of conversations that I used to love. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until, you know, I started putting things in motion for this to happen. So there is this special thing that, that, um, comes out of just being in conversation with people who've had a similar life experience as you. Um, yeah. and especially when you're working in something like business and entrepreneurship, um, when you talk about growth and finding out what you're struggling with, um, there's probably nothing faster that, that like shows you like than than like trying to run your own business. And, um, and so in a place of, you know, some emotional roller coaster kind of stuff that can happen in business to have a community of people that are like, we got you, you know, we get this other part of you too. We see all of you. I mean, that's a, that's an amazing thing. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Awesome. 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 So Kate, as we kind of wrap up here, I, I would love to hear where you see your business going and kind of what your vision is for it. Like what, um, yeah, if you can kind of paint that picture and it's, I know it's kind of a, a deep question and it can be five years out. It can be, you know, in the next year, like where, where do you, what are you doing this for? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I see myself ultimately being in a position to be able to um, offer some hope. That's Mm. what my vision is, to offer Mm. some hope. I remember Mm. um, what it was like to start out as a graduate student without Mm. any teaching experience um, and just to feel like I had been dropped into a classroom and I might as well have been dropped into the rainforest for all that I knew what I was doing. (laughs) And... um, 
And just to be able to, if I had had somebody at that point who could have said to me, like, you, you know how to do this. These are the skills you have already. Mm. This is really, um, not as complicated as people are making Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that could have transformed things for me. And I, Hope is in uh, short supply in graduate yep. school. <laughs> yep. And yep. so I think if I can be somebody who can offer that to people, I think that that will be success to me. Mm-hmm. If I can make that happen for people, not just in graduate school, but junior faculty for senior faculty who are just finally going like, yeah, I think I got something new I need to learn. Um, or for entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. are like, I need to reach out to people and discover how to do this part of my business differently, I think that will be success. Yeah, I love that. I could totally, I mean, there, it's so interesting to, to be uh, an institution of learning and then also realize that there's such a deficit and a gap in, in the actual like, teaching, like, you know, that professional yeah. development that we crave, but that yeah. isn't being necessarily delivered in the way that we think. I love that. And I have pointed this out over and over on this show. When you find a problem <laughs> that you yeah. can solve because you know how to solve it, like that's what we're doing as entrepreneurs. We're, we're realizing like, oh, there's this issue and I can solve it and I can help people solve it. I see you on stages. I see like there's such a, a deeper message I feel that you can get out around pedagogy because I, I, I'm a believer and I will follow you too because I love talking about this kind of stuff and more people need to know about it. And so that, that's amazing. And I would love to, uh, you know, I'm, gr- I'm just glad you're around me because I want to hold that vision for you too, because I know what impact it can have. That's so nice. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. I can't Thank wait you. for our recap episode a year from now. <laughs> yeah. Won't that be fun? <laughs> It'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Um, very cool, Kate. So why don't you tell everybody about your website and where they can find you hanging out online so they can learn more about what you do? Yeah. You can find me at learningwithkate.com. Um, and that is my uh, main website for my business. You can also find me at katherinedenial.org, and that is where you'll be able to find the things that I've already written about in terms of pedagogy and my professional life. Um, yeah, and awesome. I'm also on Twitter at cjdenial. Perfect. All the academics are on Twitter. I need to get back. I need to up my Twitter game. <laughs> <laughs> I love Twitter. I, I just think I that- used to love it as an academic too. And I turned it off when I became an entrepreneur. It's so weird. It was like, yeah, I don't know why. I, I love the mix of people that are mm-hmm. on Twitter. And I mm-hmm. feel like I have a little bit more control over what's happening in the way that I interface <laughs> with people yeah. than I do on some other platforms. Sure. So I don't know. But I, yeah, I love Twitter. So good. Awesome. Well, it has been a joy having you. And I, I love this. I love meeting people, having a, a small conversation and then just going deeper. And um, that I've just enjoyed this so much today. So thank you. I did too. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was so great to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you, Kate. And we'll see you next time with the okay. recap episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right.